0: Baseline here. Test, test. Test. Hello, this is Bob. And this is Jordan. This is Shop Talks. Yeah, and we're here, Boise, Idaho, Great. sitting in the tattoo shop, shooting shit. Yep. actually have some uh, guns, got, get, get a gun going to the back here. There you go. Buzz buzz, 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 buzz. The hum is from the microphones because we're using a voice recorder that I actually export to Anchor. So, I apologize for the external buzz and the hum, but uh, we're working on it. I'm not very good at it, but. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Anyway, life happens. So, this is going to be part. Uh, three. Trois. Yeah. Un, deux. I say trois. Trois. I'm saying, trois. Trois. I'm saying Un, trois. Deux, trois. Not, twat. not twat, trois. Not yeah.
1: trois, That's French for vagina. I mean, three. Um,
0: No, that's twat. Yeah.
1: (laughs) No, yeah. Today, um, I was going to, I think we kind of got a, I feel like we got a good basis for people for like, you know, if you're struggling financially, you know, dig into these concepts, start here and kind of get yourself on, on steady ground. Yeah. You know, nothing that we were talking about the last couple of weeks is is earth shattering stuff that's going to make people tons of money. It's just stuff that's going to allow you to, (laughs) you know, get yourself to a stable financial position and not be constantly worried about money.
0: I think, but I think at the root of all of it, actually, when it comes down to it, is this, it all boils down to everything we end up on. Is being honest with yourself about how you're managing anything in your life. Yeah, money or otherwise. Is this this underlying thing we always end up talking about?
1: Yeah, well, it's always applicable. Yeah. Like any, uh, the biggest problems that most people have in most areas, financial or otherwise, is that they lie to themselves. They're not honest with themselves about the situation and what the situation requires.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: That's not. That's not. That's not financial advice. That's just just advice yeah and uh, you know that's the that's the big struggle right how can you be objective in in your in the way that you view your own life yeah you know exactly it's a challenge it's a daily challenge it's a day you know so yep something every single one of us get a struggle with but you know if you know that that's the part of the struggle then you're one step ahead anyway
0: exactly right. I
1: but um, I think Tonight, having uh, talked already about how um, people who are struggling financially can get to at, um, at least a position of financial stability based on the concepts that we were talking about the last couple of weeks. Tonight, I think we talk um, uh, a little bit about how somebody who's in, you know, maybe a, a financial position that isn't as dire but is still what you might call stifled right you've got the money to pay the bills you're not worried that the mortgage isn't going to get paid this month but you've been paying your mortgage every month and making the house payments and the cell phone payments and and the insurance payments and the and the this payment and the that payment and the paying for the kids football league and paying for the daughter's soccer league and paying for the gymnastics lessons and, and and after you've covered all of your expenses you you know you're uh, you don't have much if any uh residual liquid capital uh, which you might like if you yeah. plan to ever stop working or ever um, try to you know, <laughs> be, be, be any more kind of
0: financially well, I mean, independent. You should have a goal that, at some level, y- there's an if you will, there's an X. Some some pe- some groups, financial groups, like I know, Primerica. Some of you may have heard of. Maybe you not, mm-hmm. maybe not. But they have this plan in selling uh, insurance, life insurance, that shows when you're young, you have debt. And when you're older, your debt should be paid off. So there's this crossing factor, there's this X factor in that at some point, you're actually on the downhill slope of having debt. And that's where you actually have more expendable money. The sooner you can get to that point by using your finances wisely, the sooner you'll have more money to be able to do more things. Like most people who have kids, when their kids move out, they end up with having more money because, well, they're you not got less expensive. Less expenses, yeah, exactly. I saw my dad actually have more money after all the kids moved out. Mm-hmm. He Had six of them. No, oh, yeah. So That's expensive. Um, once the kids moved out, he actually seemed to have money. Mm-hmm. You know, he might not so much anymore because he's retired and you know, um, Social Security doesn't go very far.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: No anyway so yeah, and
1: if you aren't retired yet
0: don't plan on it going at all for you no well, i'm 52 i'm planning on retiring in 15 years but mm-hmm. i may have to set that back to you know to be you know 18 years yeah. to be 70 to retire yeah so because i'm only gonna get 75 percent of my social security benefit yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so indeed So have a good night. So anyway, um I feel like I interrupted Jim, sorry. No, dude, don't don't
1: even (laughs) sweat. So in a a general sense though, there's plenty of people who may have a fair understanding of the concepts that we talked about previously, who don't are they aren't really their situation isn't at all elevated they're not hearing anything yet that they didn't already know when we talked about like you know essentially the basics of budgeting and and uh you know how to become um you know a baseline financial adept and uh but you know, like I said, maybe there's plenty of people who are there, but they don't quite know how to go from that position to, um, you know, making investments and securing their future, you know? So that's why uh, tonight I wanted to talk a little bit about maybe some of the uh, less common financial products that can be used, and also maybe some of the less popularized. Um, approaches just to investment be it you know in the markets or real estate or hard goods or whatever Um, first thing that i'll say about investment which is something that everybody hears and every 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 investment anything always says it up front, or sometimes they feel like it's too obvious so they don't say it and it's everyone's heard it a million times and That's just the buy low sell high, but I'll say that again because In watching the markets and in watching how people invest they don't follow that advice They don't people are emotional in the way that they spend money like we talked about previously and they're they're significantly emotional usually in the way that they invest and, excuse me, the problem is that if, if, if whatever you're investing in you read about it in the Wall Street Journal front page there, or fucking Kramer on Mad Money told you to fucking get hold of this, it's the new hot ticket. It's not. You missed the boat. It was the hot ticket. And, and right now, you, when they're telling right, you better, when me. they're telling you what the hot ticket is, and everyone's fucking buying it, that's the time to be watching for the opportunity to sell. And that's what most people don't do. Most people go with societal and marketplace trends, right? And that's why you get run-ups or bubbles um, when everyone was fucking cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over over uh, these uh, you know when cryptocurrency was a new thing you know there's plenty of people who have made millions and there's a few who have made billions of dollars on cryptocurrency because they because they bought bitcoin when it was three dollars a coin but there is infinitely more well not infinitely but exponentially more if we're going to be exacting Loads more people who lost their ass buying Bitcoin when it was in a bubble, when it was going through the roof, because everybody thought that it was the future of fucking currency. And that's not to say that a cryptocurrency isn't possibly the future of currency, but you know, you have to recognize when there's a significant amount of emotional influence in a market. And that's driving sales and you've got to stay the fuck out you don't want to be buying into that hole and loads yeah. of people do it's the same thing that happened in the housing market in in well, 0, the, 05, 06, 07. right it's and the same and the thing. thing that happened mm-hmm. in the 90s yeah, same thing that happened to the dot-com bubble in the 90s it's the same thing that's happening in the in the real estate market currently and maybe not in some areas if anyone's listening who's in some of the areas where real estate has already started to decline then you're probably thinking like what is he fucking talking about but
0: it's not doing that here yet
1: not here yet and you've seen i mean what's the dow 27 and a half or some shit
0: did it go down 500? Because it broke 28 like two weeks it broke ago. broke
1: 28 200 weeks ago, or two weeks ago. I think it's down like 27 and a half or so, or so yeah. last time I looked. Anyway. Well, like I keep saying. But it's been fluctuating. It. It's been like yeah. slowly running up a little bit, yeah. but in a really anemic and 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 not... Uh, not convincing well really it would be more convincing and I'd much prefer to see this kind of gradual fucking steady rolling increase that it's been doing over the last few or over the last year and a half as opposed to the fucking run up that it has done since since oh what 16 well I mean it was what is it 14 was it 13 and a half or 14 when the market crashed in in uh in 08, end of 07, so. beginning of 08. I'm not remembering. I, think it was that. About I apologize. J- I'm not, and, and I should be more exacting if I was going to talk specifically about this. But I'm just. We need a Jamie, bro. I'm we just, talked pulling, about dude, this I'm just before. pulling this out off the top of my head. I know that it Johnny, was somewhere high, um, you know, somewhere like around like let's just say 13. Sure. And. Um,
0: since, it was, historically, since high it was historically high at the time. It was
1: historically high yeah. at the time. And unrealistically so, based on a lot of the action in the market. Um, and that was a historical peak. And now, if I'm expected to believe that now the Dow is worth 28 or 27 and a half, which is more than double the value that it was during the last bubble I'm not convinced I'm not convinced that the market has doubled in value
0: yeah okay that.
1: you'd have to show me something that would say like well this is the added value
0: in the last you know 10 years um, I'd agree with that I mean I'd, like i like I keep saying you know a thousand point correction shouldn't do anything well, I, I mean, it will. It, it b- will but I, and in my limited, in my limited brain of this, in my scope of limited knowledge of this, I keep thinking if it corrected a thousand points, it dropped a thousand points, you still make pretty good money on the on the stock market. You still get a damn good return. It's seventeen hundred pro- points. The, the
1: problem is when you when in, when investors see that kind of a drop, especially in like a day or two. Yeah. It. Blood in the water.
0: Yeah, I know. You start a fucking sell fest, and did we talk about? Uh, it's a, it's a wonderful. Did we talk about? Run on the banks last week, didn't we? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, keep your head. Yeah. You know. Run, oh, yeah. yeah. But um.
1: Anyway, all that aside, I think that yes, if you want to be like some sort of financial and investment fucking wizard, it's gonna take. More digging than just listening to me talk a bunch of shit. <laughs> but I can give you some of the basics and start you down the path. Yeah. And that's that's my goal here is just to just give people the basics, get them started down the path.
0: Yeah. Um. And there are some good podcasts about this kind of
1: stuff. Yes, right absolutely. I'm sure. Yeah. But um, the.
0: I think Excuse one,
1: me. I think one of the. Um, I don't want to say easiest because it's not easy. There's no easy way to become financially independent. There's no easy way to make extra residual income. There's no easy way to, you know what I mean? There's no like, nothing's fucking free in this world, but...
0: um, well, even the is not free. I mean, you got to pay oh, for the ticket. no. And even after you win, you still can want to keep winning, so you still keep buying lottery no, tickets. Oh, Jesus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, not me. I don't know. Excuse me. Somebody. Somebody somewhere does that. I haven't. Well, there's one guy in Virginia who's won three times. Good grief. Really? <laughs> like millions of dollars three times.
1: Really? Yeah, that's nuts. It, it is. Who the Well,
0: it's kind of like suing. You know, if you sue somebody and you win, pretty soon you're walking around with your head all tilted and... Net head swiveling, looking for things to looking sue people for that next over. Payday. Yeah, exactly. So Fuck. you got to be careful how you do that. Huh. I met a lady like that one time. It was incredible. She's everything. Everything went wrong. So I'm going to sue that person. It's like, oh whoa, come on, bro. lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So
1: let's talk. Um, talk real briefly. Talk briefly about life insurance because I think that life insurance is probably one of those products that most middle class people are think is fairly essential to purchase you know it's not one of those things like oh that's just for rich people life insurance oh no, hell no no most
0: people have life insurance or want life insurance but well, we, we got into this conversation they, they, most people have it through their employer it's kind of like a health insurance yeah. thing if they, if, if they think about it they have you know six times their income up to six times their income annual income from their employer for mm-hmm. five bucks yeah. a month, Yeah. you know, or ten bucks. And there's a
1: nothing month. wrong. With, there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. If it's super cheap and your employer does it for you, yeah. by all means. And as
0: long as the writer is good and you yeah. don't get screwed out of something yeah. like, you yeah. know, if you if you if it's if it's not doesn't say you know if you only the only way you get paid is if you die on the way to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? If you're so. going, if you want,
1: if you're if you're going to buy, purchase your own life insurance though. And you're also interested in some sort of retirement account. I highly encourage people to look into UILs or universal indexed life. This is essentially um, an insurance policy that it, that's value is tied to whatever in, in whatever index or indices, right? And it depends on it depends on the product. So you can get one that's tied specifically to the Dow, or you could get one that's tied to uh, you know, the Dow and the Nasdaq, or you could get one that's tied to these three different indices, or you know, there's a number of different products, but they're tied to a publicly traded index. And then the money that you pay into that fund secures the life insurance for whatever amount right away, but then you're also contributing money into essentially an investment account because your life insurance fund will grow in proportion to the index. The great thing about a UIL that I was talking to you about is that it has a floor. It also has a cap, so your earnings potential is limited, but your loss potential is controlled. So if the market drops 30%, your capped losses Um, are generally like zero or 0.75% or something. So even when everyone else is losing, you're not. Now this is a really important concept because of also what we were talking about before. When I say like, okay, if you had $1,000 in an investment account and um, you took a 50% loss, like the market dropped 50%, you lost $500. To recover that $500, the market doesn't have to come back up to where it was. If the market corrects 50% to where it was, you'll only get back $250. So you'll end up with $750. If the market dips 50% and then corrects to where it was, you'll have lost $250. So having a having a capped losses means that although your gains are capped, it's a significantly more stable and risk managed way to invest in the markets. Because essentially, you can't lose money. MetLife has a program like that. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a there's a, there's a Sorry, few different products about. that are like that. Yeah. I'm but, name um, dropping. I shouldn't be know. doing that. But there's lo- there's lots of different financial institutions. Um, anybody who deals in I shouldn't say anybody, but most larger institutions that deal in life insurance will have the option of index universal index life policies. Um, there's a number of other benefits to a policy like that. It's similar in its tax status to a Roth IRA. Um, a Roth IRA differing from a traditional um, IRA in that it's the funds are taxed before they go into the account. Yep. So any addition, any additional interest that's accrued. On those funds after they are put into the Roth IRA or into the UIL or into what you would call uh, you know a tax-free fund, they're taxed up front. So any of the earnings is not is tax-free. So if you pay in four hundred and twenty thousand or four hundred thousand dollars over the over the the term of this universal index pol- life policy, and the you know you stop paying in after say 30 years and then you run it for another you know it runs for another 20 years after that so you've had it for 50 years and now you want to cash it out you want those funds you're retired you want to spend some money you don't have to declare that you don't have to declare that account on any of your tax forms you're not legally required to declare it and when you spend out of it the federal government is not allowed to tax you on the money that you pull out of it. So you could have put in $400,000 and then at, and then when you decided to start spending money out of it, it could be $3 million. So the $2,600,000 so $2, that was accrued using compound interest, the government is not able to tax it in any way, shape or form. And that's extremely beneficial. If you can find products with tax deferments, if you can find property with significant tax deferments or or that are, is essentially tax-free, <coughs> then you're going to be significantly better off when you yeah. go to use those funds. Ooh, yes. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... Uh, yeah. So, but you... I think the importance of having life insurance, though, is something should be stressed. It so, is
1: important.
0: Well, having had... A, haven't been a recipient of a life insurance,
1: insurance. yeah it's very important payout. I think for m- most people I don't think that everyone needs to have life insurance but I think that n- probably 95% of the people listening to this should have life insurance well, or mean, more you know you having
0: know? having a simple term insurance policy is also a you know people are like what you know some people are like well the term policy it runs out so what happens to all the money you paid in for that policy well, what happened to that money is that was the peace of mind you had. it yeah, was security. You so were paying, for, you were paying yeah. for security. I got my security back. I mean, realistically, I'm still paying for my portion for another seven years. Mm-hmm. But I've already gotten all that money back out of the $150,000 I got Mary. out of Mary's when Mary passed away. Yeah, paid off the house. It paid off. And that's
1: you know, why that's essentially like if you're talking just life insurance, that's why you have it. Yeah. You know, is in case something goes wrong. Just like the same reason you have car insurance. (coughs) Liability insurance is cheap as fuck on a car. You know, you can get an old truck, liability insurance might cost 25 bucks a month. Yep. It's purely a just in case thing. Just in case you run over some fucking lady. Just in case. Yeah, I agree. After you sell that truck and you've had fucking liability insurance, which is more expensive than life insurance, And you've had that for fucking eight years. Nobody goes, what happened to the premiums I paid into my car insurance? Nothing, obviously. They went to secure the situation should you cause an accident.
0: I I know it seems like a ploy for an insurance agent to say this, because it was an insurance agent that told me this. But he said the reason why people end up going to court over their auto insurance is because they don't have the proper coverage. They don't have enough coverage. So you Usually. pay you pay a little extra, get a bit of higher coverage, and there's no there's no dispute over them giving them the money you need. Mm-hmm. So the insurance
1: can be viewed two ways, and both are could be viewed a many number of a million ways probably. But the two I will talk about two. Um, and they're both equally useful and they're both equally valid. Um, you can view insurance as <clears throat> a, a prudent form of reassurance, essentially. A prudent form of, of security that you pay a small dividend for. Or you can view it as legalized fraud because it's also that. <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's extremely fraudulent to forcibly require somebody to carry an insurance policy, although we do that on the regular. Technically unconstitutional. It is. And, but the reason we do that is because most people are not financially successful enough to deal with the possible ramifications of their actions. And that's what it boils down to: is that in this day and age, it's highly likely that you have the potential to create significantly more financial damage than you have the ability to cover. And that's what ins- that's what that's the that's the rub behind insurance. Now, essentially, what what you would like societally is to say. But you're gonna drive a car? All right? well, you have to understand that you are personally responsible for any damage that you do with the car. Should you cause damage with the car, you need to have the money in reserve to be able to pay for any foreseeable damage. Oh, you mean you don't have $240,000 in a separate <laughs> bank account, count, specifically yeah. for accidents? accident coverage okay well then you need to buy an insurance policy and this is the same thing with with life insurance it's to say that you make a lot of money and you have a lot of bills if you die tomorrow and the money stops coming in how is your widowed wife and your crying babies gonna pay those fucking bills that's what that that's what that boils down to now yep if you have and like I had done for a long time so that I did not have to have life insurance, I sh- structured my investments and the way that I made money and my debt in a way that if I died tomorrow, my wife wouldn't have to work. It wouldn't be a problem that I didn't have insurance. and I didn't have car payments. I didn't have a house payment. I didn't I, I had I should say I had two mortgages those mortgages were less than 50% of the I think they were probably around 20% of the income being generated from rental properties. So if I had dropped dead right then Nicoa could have if she wanted to stayed at home and mourned me for the next three months uh, or just gone around you know fucking uh, doing whatever I mean she probably couldn't have lived lavishly but she my point is she wouldn't have had to work all the bills would have been paid and she would have had money to fuck around it's not because I had life insurance but I chose to structure my investments and the things that I was doing financially so that I could operate without it yeah you can do that it's totally doable and I think that's the other thing that people that people miss is like, okay, is this required and is there a better way to do this particular thing? And for me, <clears throat> until I started to, until I looked into this UIL and went, you know what, I'd like to have some sort of retirement account anyway, sure, why not do this? That way there's some additional life insurance that comes with it. Um, But I just, I didn't want to have to worry about it. I didn't want to have to worry about it. I didn't want her to have to worry about it. And I wanted to be, rather than spending the money on life insurance premiums, I would rather spend the money on a mortgage. So let's see. And then that mortgage pays me. Because my life insurance premiums don't pay me for security. But when I buy a mortgage and I rent that house, that provides me with security and it pays me. And I'd much rather have something that does both.
0: Yeah, you know. So the first time we met was at a concert. Mm-hmm. Then I came out to Icon Tattoo where you were working, mm-hmm. and you gave me an M and a W on each arm, or an R a W and an M on each arm, whichever you want to call it. Or right,
1: a, or a W and a W if we Eight. rip one of your arms off.
0: That's true. Put it back on upside down. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. And then you had some kind of operation and almost died. Yeah. And then you did my outline uh-huh. for my three quarter sleeve. And then you were sick and ended up in the hospital. Uh-huh. Puked all the way down his uh, Eric's doors and had to. Oh, that
1: was after that surgery, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah so
1: I about, yeah, about died. And then I had my. Then I had the accident. Yeah,
0: they had to, after you finished my lower part of my my arm, my right arm. Yeah. Yep. So you've had more opportunity to die than anybody. I've I know. had a lot. I've had a lot of like, oh, I'm going to die. I've had a lot of times where. You yeah. Know, I, at, at first, I at that last time I was like. You're not doing any more fucking tattoos for me, bro. You almost die every time you touch me. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. I've
1: I've had I've had numerous medical professionals and emergency and first responders tell you know like after the fact because yeah. they're trained professionals tell my wife that that. They were certain that I was not going to live the next five minutes to the hospital. So yeah, it's it's (laughs) uh, that's definitely (laughs) I've definitely had a few close calls, but you know,
0: structure, baby, structure.
1: Still, you know, it's just that desire. You have the ganas. You gotta have the ganas. You know, you gotta want it. If you fucking.
0: Well, I'm fucking glad you You do, know, if you
1: fucking slip and fall and bunk your head and you fucking go to sleep and start drifting towards the white light and your first thought is, oh, I'm home. Well, how great to be at peace. Well, then fucking I guess you're out. Right. I was always like, "Huh, weird. I think I'm dying. Somebody get my phone. Call my wife. You know, just like. never had it I guess I never had it never had an eye never had an eye on the white light although it tried to <laughs> tried to come for
0: me you yeah, know somebody's foot might have come out of there and shoved you back down maybe who knows brother whose foot is my face what is this foot in my face so this is
1: yeah these are not these are not the ramblings of a young man who's never <laughs> had a brush with death or, or who's single and doesn't have a family to provide for um, quite the opposite on both counts. Yeah. Well, and my brother, and, and, my uh, brother
0: died in 1991. Uh-huh. Had a hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy, so his wife got that money, and I got out of the army, and I spent oh the better part of 15 years without an insurance policy, mm-hmm. and I ran into this idea of insurance and selling insurance, and I got into it for a little while. And so I bought term life insurance policy, and lo and behold, I got payout on that. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. want that payout, but you know, it made a huge. You know, it was didn't replace her, but it gave me peace of mind, paid the house off, and mm-hmm. was I wise with it? Uh, I don't care. So <laughs> I got the money. That's a I, no, that's a no. That's I got that money and said, I'm going to spend this money as quickly as I can. Sure. I'm going to spend this how I want. But you know, ninety-seven thousand of it was in a cashier's check to Bank of America. So
1: there you go. (laughs) Large part of it paid off some debt. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Bought my
1: Harley. There you go. Uh, (laughs) Purchasing a Harley, although awesome, is not a path to financial success. That
0: is not. That is. That is midlife crisis. I was forty-seven.
1: Fucking! I bought my first Harley when I was like 19, living in a Winnebago. What is that? <laughs> See you guys. Good night, guys. That's not a midlife crisis. What is that? Like a starting life crisis? I <laughs> Like a starting life crisis, and crisis. then I have like a. That's fucking awesome, man. I would have, if I was 19, have been on a lot of Harley. I'd have. Fucker almost cut the end of my finger off. I was loading it in the back of my truck, yeah, and my finger slipped into the slot on the disc brake just as the front wheel started to roll and oh. pinch against the caliper. I felt it start to pinch against the caliper and yanked my finger out and it ripped the entire fingernail out. That's why that fucker's all wonky looking, yeah, yeah that thing didn't grow tortured back for yourself. like a year
0: tortured yourself really? yeah, yeah,
1: wow. yeah. silliness, like a mother, anyway, <laughs> purchasing a Harley not a path to financial security, no. however, they're awesome. And should you find yourself financially stable and want to purchase a Harley, I say, go ahead, sir, go ahead. Yes. I'm not sitting here like talking, to I, because a lot of I think a lot of the way that like when I talk about the financial things, like it seems like I, I would require that people live in austerity to, to, to secure their their financial position, right? Like, oh, you have to fucking just eat potatoes and lentils for the next five years while you, <laughs> while you build your empire, you know, but you never enjoy. It's not the case. I know I talk a lot like that, but um, I'm just talking about being practical because when I go and I buy a Harley, I don't want to have to feel like, well, you know, yeah, I think I can kinda sort of swing this. I um, want it to be like, yeah. oh, you know Oh yeah, I don't give a fuck about that. Like I just bought that because it was a sweet deal, it's badass, and I don't I didn't need that money anyway. Yeah. You know? That's the that's the kind of position you wanna be in when you buy a toy. Because that's yeah. how you wanna feel about it. You don't wanna be all penta you wanna enjoy that shit, you wanna fucking yeah. have fun with it, you wanna be you want to be unburdened in the way that you enjoy that thing and to do that you have to be purchasing it from a place of like financial security like yeah I don't need this money but I like this thing If yeah. you can't do that if you can't say that don't buy it now yeah. get to a place where you can go yeah, I don't need this money but this thing sounds really cool that's the time yeah. you know that's that's when it's okay but if you're looking at it going well, you know, that's a really good deal, and I've really wanted one of these for a long time, but, you know, I got this bill coming up, and I don't know about this thing. I got, you know, and taxes are going to be due here soon. And if that's what you're saying, <coughs> stop. You're not ready for whatever the purchase is.
0: I wouldn't have bought the Subaru for, if you know, we need, so we have a baby. Mm-hmm. I have a Chevy Colorado. Mm-hmm. Love that Chevy Colorado pickup. Ran like a top. Waiting for the tranny to quit on it. It's 145, 152,000 miles on it, but that's what Chevys do at 150,000 miles—the transmissions quit. (laughs) But so, but that baby seat did not fit in the crew cab. Oh, it did. Would not fit in there. There was no way. It was probably 10 inches short. It's
1: not enough. From what
0: it needed. Not enough room for all them baby safety features. Exactly. So. We went and looked for a car. And I told her, I said, I'm not buying a Subaru. I said, look at my feet. Do I wear sandals? I'm not a fucking hippie. Yeah. You know? Bought her a Subaru because guess what? It had the best features and it made it put a big smile on her face. It's the sure, wrong yeah. color. Yeah, well. But it put a big smile yeah, on her whatever. face. Yeah, whatever. So, and and you know what though? If I hadn't been where I am financially to be able to do that. Now, it made it a little tight. It did make it tight between child care and car payment we're not I'm not as confident in, in my finances and having to be you able know, to save money right now but it's a small price to pay for the safety of you know and
1: see this my, is a my trade-off wife and my baby I'm not saying that people need to do, structure their finances the way I do or that they need to value the same things in the way that I do for you and for your family purchasing that Subaru and going you know what it's going to make things a little bit tight. It's going to make it so that we're not paying off this debt as quickly as we could, or saving money like we'd like to. But it's more important to me that my wife has the vehicle that she wants, mm-hmm. and that she has a vehicle that the, the that car seat nice. fits in well, and that um, that no, I'm talking about you with your situation <laughs> and your wife. The uh, and that they you know that my daughter is in a really safe vehicle, right? And um, you know. And that's excellent. Like, good for you. But you didn't make the decision from a place of ignorance. You went, I know that these are the possible drawbacks to this decision. Yeah. The safety and comfort of my family outweighs the... possible drawbacks. But you also knew what they were. You were realistic with yourself about what they could be. And you didn't go and purchase a fucking brand new Mercedes M-Class for $120,000. Because that would have made it really tight for you as well to the point where you would have had financial problems. And that's the difference. That's all I'm talking about. I'm not saying like you have to have the same values I do. But like you've got to be able to go what is this going to do? How is this going to shift?
0: And is, is, is it,
1: is the juice worth the squeeze?
0: Yeah. You know, so maybe you said it was, and it's great. Maybe what we should say is go back to say again, that money isn't necessarily it's, I mean, there's all this talk. I heard it again, uh, that money's evil. Money's the root of evil. No, Money is not evil. Money is an in inanimate object. Yeah, money is just a. It's a tool. The bank is actually a hardware store where you keep your money. Okay, and maybe that's a that's maybe that might be not be an exact example or analogy, but if you actually think about, and I'm not trying. If you don't like banks, whatever. Um, I work for a financial institution. I don't know how much I like them either, but um, but they're they're necess- they're a necessity because they help you with your finances. Help you store your money, help you pay your bills, provide you with credit cards and debit cards and uh, online banking to be able to get access to your funds. So if you really think about it, it really goes back to the word tool, okay? Mm -hmm. Your money is a tool. How do you manage those tools to make sure that everything that needs to be maintained in your life is actually met and kept neat? You know, it's like you drive your nice car, some people want to wash their car every week and get the vacuum out and vacuum out the car. How are you doing that with your checkbook? Are you maintaining your checking? Are you knowing exactly what you have? Look, you're not a Jedi. I've said this before. <laughs> Don't bank by the force. Sure. Use the proper tools to make sure your money is where it's supposed to be and how it's managed. There's alerts, there's emails from every institution provides those kind of things to you. So the bank that holds my money for the car payment, um, my balance is low right now. I'm supposed to maintain a certain level. I get three texts a day in all capital letters telling me that my balance is below what it's supposed to be. Hey, this balance just needs to be (laughs) here. and I haven't been able to make it out because I work work banker's hours, but anyway. so, there are plenty of, of ways to manage these things. And I think that's what it really boils down to. To be able to get where you're talking, part oo, do, toi, mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're talking about. Is for you to get to toi, you need to master oo and do. Yeah. So,
1: going to do one and two first. got to get that stable, and you've got to get to a place where you're comfortable making basic run-of-the-mill financial assessments about your basic run-of-the-mill financial decisions. It's not, you know, rocket science stuff, and I would never advise that somebody go into, you know, um, any kind of, like, significant investment or um, purchase or legal obligation without the advice of, you know, a well-versed attorney. I'm just talking about, like, the basics of should I sign this car loan, do I need a 2019 Subaru, or can I further my financial goals and keep my family safe and happy with a 2010 Subaru? Yeah. Right? These are valid questions that people need to, be, cause yeah. I don't give a fuck who you are. Like if you can afford it and it's no skin off your nose, get a fucking twenty twenty, yeah right but if you're looking at the payment and you're going down make things kind of tight and really it'd be smarter if i did this well swallow your pride and buy a car that's a few years old right save 20 fucking grand and do something smart with it
0: well think about it i mean look at the tools we have today to buy cars Oh yeah. You know you got the Carfax thing. You know you oh, can go to any go just go to car download Carfax on your computer even, on your PC or your Mac at home, your desktop, you wanna, on your
1: phone. You want to know? You want to know about a car? Take the fucking VIN, punch it into Google. Absolutely. Go, that's you don't even have to Carfax, it'll probably it'll pull up the Carfax along with the report from a Yep. 20 different other how websites.
0: Any Any of Any accidents, accidents been it's been
1: in. You mileage. can go and look at all the pictures of the accidents, see how, what happened, see the th- mileage, see if anything. All you got to do is put the VIN number in the
0: search bar. Find a car is so <laughs> much better today than it ever was. Oh, so much easier.
1: The, my, my point is, though, like, do not let your pride or your vanity, which are a, an arm or a branch of the emotion and how I've been talking about how people spend money, from a place of emotion and that's usually a mistake pride and vanity when it comes to material possessions and purchases are the biggest fucking trick for people somehow some way they feel like it actually is a good value to buy that brand new 2020 truck yeah. that has 70. 70- 1 miles on it instead of buying the 2013 truck that has the same engine not the new interior yeah. is a slightly different body style mm-hmm. but only has 46,000 miles. Yeah. And is, you know, a CPO from Chevy or whatever, you know, like is it really that much different? No. What's different about it? It's not the newest. And consequently, to your mind, it's not the best. Yeah. Right? But like, if the newest equals the best, well then fuck me. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff that I've chosen over new stuff that's not the best, I guess. But uh, (laughs) more importantly, if your payment on the new truck's gonna be fucking 746 bucks a month, and your payment on the truck that's seven years old is going to be 370 bucks a month well what are you even thinking about (laughs) yeah unless that money does not matter to you yeah if you make enough money where an extra four or five hundred dollars a month doesn't make a difference that's the time to buy that truck. Right? I mean, that's, I'm not telling people they shouldn't enjoy something nice or just go get what you want. Right? I'm just saying that the what I want and how valid that is is directly proportional to your actual financial position, not your perceived financial position. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, by all means if you can afford it and i mean afford it in a way like i don't give a fuck about $500 afford it go ahead yeah get the nice one treat yourself fool you know but uh, but if you want to get to that point and most people do most people if you said hey wouldn't it be nice <clears throat> if you didn't give a shit about $500 <laughs> if you were just like 500 bucks, fuck it, I don't care. Here you go. Go buy yourself something nice, kid. Most people would be like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. That'd be cool. If you want to get to that position, you don't do it by buying brand new vehicles every month when you can, or every three years when you can just afford it. Simply because you can afford something does not make it a good yeah, financial decision. A lot of times... The car dealer don't care about what you Exactly. Can the car dealer doesn't give a fuck about that. All they want to do is get the most bang for the buck and get your ass in a seat. If they're a really good car dealer or a good car salesman, they do care about that because they want repeat well, business. Well, that's, why, that's they, the guy know, who I buy car not so like, say his name. It's not, I, all, it's not all car dealers. I've definitely talked to some that are like, you know, what's your budget? Where you at? We want to get you in something that's right or where you are, but even doing that, I find that most people always buy at the top or just outside of their budget. They do it with homes, they do it with cars, they do it with the most expensive things in their life, and that's how people initially end up saddling themselves with debt. Credit cards, like store credit cards, you know, Les Schwab, Bon Marché, fucking pennies, all that kind of shit. Yeah, they give you a card, whatever. Mm-hmm financial institution student debt all of these things are this is how people get I don't, I don't want to say fooled because they mostly fool themselves
0: yes but I agree with f- that. but
1: but but it's not they're not fully conscious they're not really truly Sorry. making a fully conscious decision or I don't I don't believe it doesn't seem that way to me you know when I think about it
0: um, well, it's, it, there's, a, there's a point where you live in the now, and there's a point where you look beyond the now. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to finances, living in the now is not necessarily the wisest decision.
1: You just have to know whether or not you can. You have to yeah. be realistic with yourself. You yeah. know, I want to live in the now all the time with everything, right? But, and, and the more realistic you are with yourself, about where you're at, the more you can do that. Because you know, almost automatically, what is and isn't gonna work well, financially. Yeah, exactly. Right, like, I went and bought that Panhead, and it's winter, it's going into winter. I don't need that, I just, I wanted a Panhead. I wanted that bike, I've wanted it for years, it was a good deal, and I don't give a fuck about that money, I just wanted the bike. The
0: money didn't, I didn't yeah, need it. Yeah, you didn't spend that much.
1: Like 5,700 bucks or something. <laughs> it was like, it was a real good deal right. for that bike. I was so excited to get it. But my point is, I wanted that fucking bike 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. Why okay? shouldn't you?
1: Uh, There's loads of reasons. There's loads of reasons that I shouldn't and I didn't. But that's my point. I bought the bike now, because I don't give a fuck about that money and I wanted that bike. But I've wanted that bike for 10 fucking years at least. And it was a conscious choice to not purchase it every single time I saw one until I got to this position. Right. And that's the difference. I knew, it's not that I didn't want the bike. I wanted the bike. I just there was a million smarter ways to spend that money. Yeah. Now, sure, there's still smarter ways to spend the money, but essential at a certain point you get to you get to a place in your life where you go like, yeah, this is enough. It's okay. This is enough. I make enough, you know. And whatever that is for you, I can't say. I don't know what your comfort level is or you know, I don't know what Bob's particular comfort level is, right? Right. I don't know and I know what mine is, more or less. But that changes. That can fluctuate, yeah. right? It can change depending on who you're married to. It can change. It, has. it can change depending on on light on your life experience. Yeah. You know, you may have some transformative life experience and and go from, you know, thinking that you need a, you know, 5000 square foot home and, you know, three cars and two trucks to realizing that you're much happier living in a tiny home on a 20 acre parcel in the forest. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it ch- it can change. Yeah. And I'm not advocating that somebody follow my comfort level. All I'm saying is that you need to know where yours is at so that you can start kind of building a game plan. How do I get? What? Where's my? Where do I think mine is at? Well, let's try and, and then, get there and, and, and see how I like it. Be honest. You know, and be honest with that. You know, when you get somewhere with, be honest with yourself. If you go from, if you go from driving, <coughs> you know, if you go from, uh, from driving a, a, you know, a nice Chrysler 300, you know, maybe 30, 40 grand, to driving, um, you know. A brand new mercedes e-class you know maybe 90 a hundred thousand dollars be honest with yourself is it worth an extra is the experience of driving that vehicle over the other one worth sixty thousand dollars to you well you know one i can't say if it is or it isn't that's my point like i don't know but don't fool yourself right don't think that the fact that like you showed up at some fucking meeting and everyone told you how in your car was adds value to your life because it doesn't. You know? No. It doesn't fucking matter. Nope. And like if that's the type of thing that you're feeding on is like the approval and the excitement of other people in your material possessions, then then you got a lot more work to do. Don't listen to what I'm saying. Take a bunch of steps back and... and
0: well, there's a... there's If you go to your... Go to Google or Bing or wherever you go and type in... What's my net worth? Okay? You can find an application or a website that will show you. You put in, here's what I make an hour. Here's how many hours a week I work. Here's how many, you know, here's my yearly income. Here's what my debt is. Mm-hmm. And be be actually be overshoot on your utility bills, on your phone bill, yeah. your cell phone bill, all those things. Because you got to take into factor... Maybe your phone dies. You got to add fifty yeah. bucks. to liberal estimates of liberal estimates of fucking of Thank debts
1: and, and conservative right. estimates of earnings. Right, and, and, and then you'll, you'll see what safe. your
0: value is. You'll see what your net worth is. You'll see what you'll actually see what's going on. What you're going to see is what's called your debt to income. Yeah, DTI. you want your DTI, DTI debt to income? If you want a loan or a credit card, if that debt to income is too high you're not going to get a loan you know to get a credit card
1: in general like if you're over anywhere from 42 to 46%
0: Yes, percent. 30, 35 to 42 is really gonna be perfect yes that's what we that's what uh, that's, what's that's what most institutions what they like at. to see people maintain yeah. cuz
1: i got i went had this last one they ran my Excuse dti me. up to about
0: 49.7% yeah but you saw but also you also have to look at how what that income you also have to have good in you also have good investments Uh so I mean there is good debt like a mortgage is considered a good debt yeah so if you have multiple mortgages but you have the income to back up that kind of thing yeah then that that might make the difference right there but you also have to realize that liquid assets also add to your value oh yeah so and house and house could be considered a liquid. you could sell it it's liquid value so i did you yeah exactly I yep. mean, that's what I did too, I sold my house too, so. I'm liquiding the third one next week. Nice. Steak's on you next Friday, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Shit, man. We're going to salad, we're going We're going to meet for salad at uh, the pizza place up the road. That money's Friday. fucking spent. Yeah, I bet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We can go roll around in the dirt I'm buying with it, though.
0: Cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, Bob, it's dirt. <laughs> and we can just roll around in it. Okay, we'll there's some that.
0: trees too, but it's mostly dirt. Okay, maybe we'll do what Johnny did and go <laughs> up with, uh, uh, with Gary. Not,
1: not as fun as a panhead. Way more expensive.
0: <laughs> Dirt! <laughs> How much land are you buying?
1: Oh, Just say a shit. lot. Just a, say a lot. A bunch. Okay. A bunch. Yeah, okay. a lot.
0: Enough <laughs> to hunt on?
1: Yes, but we won't be hunting on it. Okay. This land purchase is not for that of oh, well, the ne- my next land purchase will be also like decide, will probably be area where we can hunt on. Cool. This is for commercial um, interests.
0: I have a, I have a family member who I don't know if he still does or not but he bought land in Arizona mm-hmm. between Phoenix and Las Vegas. There is no major highway between Phoenix, Arizona and Las Vegas. Oh. So there's only one major in thoroughfare. From that part of the country, and that's from L.A. Uh-huh. And Mr. Reed, who is no longer in office, blocked the development of that property. He bought land in Arizona, waiting for that highway. And maybe I'm wrong now. Maybe it's going through now, but because um, I'm waiting for, for that, for that highway to go waiting through. through waiting for the per- and the, all that, the land that all there. that land will be, you know, commercialized yeah, and yeah, strip yeah. malls, and yeah. and that's what he's waiting for. That's so. I hope that works out for him. Shit, I hope it does too. Yeah. He uh, he worked here in town for HP, and then he went on to work for Norton, and then he retired. So he's been retired for the last few years. So he actually comes and teaches at BSU every once in a while. Hoping I I can hope I can reach out and get him to come by and see us uh, here. That was Mary's sister and her brother-in-law. Oh, cool. For my sister-in-law, and my brother-in-law. So. Okay. Anyway. I don't think they've seen my right, my left arm yet. <laughs> the Dark Lord. <laughs> oh. Shit, Bob. I think. Um, and these ones have been flying by, man. These have been oh, flying. yeah.
1: So, but I mean, I think we beat around the bush with this a little bit today, but um, what do we cover? Like UILs. The other thing I wanted to talk about, too, was. Um, way you think about money is huge even for people who are you know average middle class you know 40 50 60 70, 000, 80 thousand dollars a year maybe even more you know I've, I've talked I actually to people less. I've talked to people who make 300 thousand dollars a year and still have Kind of an uh, an unhealthy view uh, of money, yeah, and how it's earned, and, and just well, how it's used, how it's used, etc. Who has more? If I could, if I could leave you with anything, with any one concept about money in closing tonight, it's that contrary to popular belief, there is not a limited amount. Okay. It is not scarce or hard to get. It does require hard work, but that is different than it being hard to get. Yeah. It requires hard work. How you choose to apply yourself, how you view that work—that's up to you. Yeah. That money and the potential money that you can earn is only limited by your ability. apply yourself. That's it. That's what it's limited. It's not limited by some preconceived notion of your position in the world. It's not limited by how much money your parents had. It's not limited, but it is limited by how much money you think you can earn, how much money you think you deserve, what kind of life you think you're going to have. If you believe, ah, this is what I got, this is what I'm going to do, this, I got it kind of lined out for me, and I'm not going to do any better than that because my parents didn't, but I'm doing a little better than them, and it's all good. That's exactly what you'll do. The money that you could earn, should you desire, is limitless. It is only limited by your lack of ability to apply yourself and your lack of a belief a true belief in your ability to earn it because that's where you have to start right like if i want to go from abject poverty to owning a two-bedroom apartment i have to believe that i have the ability to own a two-bedroom apartment yeah at some point that has to become real in my mind before I'm able to do it. Yeah. And that's true of anything. If you want to be a fucking billionaire, it has to become a realistic possibility in your own mind before it will happen. It has to be an
0: unfunny realistic. It has to be an unfunny It can be funny. I've said lots of funny things. Well, yeah, but what, what I mean is you have to be like, you have, you have to think it and then not think afterwards. Yeah, right. Exactly. You can't have that. You have to be You got to be really that. honest. Well, I'm not talking about fucking
1: around with yourself. Yeah. You can't be like, I'm gonna be a billionaire someday. <laughs> yeah, right. You got to exactly. be like, oh no, I know that people have gone from Rags no money, minimum wage jobs <laughs> to. I don't want to hold up being extremely wealthy as some sort of like.
0: Answer to everything. Answer
1: or goal. But since this is what we're talking about, that's the goal, right? Right. Um, money's not going to bring you fucking happiness, but it can sure buy you a little bit of time and freedom. And if you know how to use your time sure and freedom... Sure buy you
0: some toys to make you have fun. Oh,
1: shit. Anyway, that's where so, it starts. That's the most important part about all of this. Right. If you don't have your head in the right spot.
0: You ain't going nowhere with it. Yep. Well, I mean, I would actually exp- I would actually drop that number from 70 to 80,000 to 30,000. If you make less than $30,000 a year and you want to spend your time worrying about what everybody else is making and selling yourself short on your ability and your opportunities, then you'll always make what you make or less mm-hmm. people employers hire people at minimum wage because people think that that's all they can do well if if, people think
1: that's all they're worth yeah, exactly that's the thing and if you go into that job and you don't have the job skills to to demand more and you you also don't have the, the attitude or the tenacity to to get into a discussion with your possible employer about what more could look like, yeah. then you definitely won't get it.
0: Well, and if you're not doing the job that actually forces them to think about giving you more,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're going to just replace you with somebody else who's going to do the same job you're doing, which is meeting the bare minimums. Yeah. So we've you've talked that about this shit. before. But exactly. If you're
1: going to your job just meeting the bare minimums, then fuck you. Yeah. Do something else or or like, you're done. Like yeah. that's the point. Is go down to the well if, for office. If,
0: if you, that's a lahar. Sorry, I don't
1: <laughs> fucking. You know, like maybe it's the wrong job for you. Yeah. But even if it is the wrong job for you, I still okay. wholeheartedly believe that you've got to learn how to do Here the job is, well, and then go. It's not right for me. I was able to put that shit aside, and I crushed it. But that's not what I want to. Spend here's my life what to I've
0: always like. said about working at Walmart. Okay. People like, well, you know, they don't pay very well. They don't give you full-time benefits. They don't do this. Yeah, but they, what they do is they give you a job. Mm-hmm. And if you've never had a job before, or you've had Way few jobs, than no job. it's better than no job. But it also is a it is also a line item on a on a resume. Oh, sure. And it is it is an ability to show that you worked hard, and that you I stayed. Have. I showed up to work every day. Every day. All I time. did. I did my job. I did my. I excelled at my job. Here's the promotions I received in my mm-hmm. job. That resume, you take that to someplace else. And they call that guy, and that guy says, that motherfucker's tough. That, yeah. guy, that motherfucker's a beast. I, I, I don't want to let him go, but I don't have any more funds to give him. He's capped. Mm-hmm. And that's the
1: thing. You can... A lot of times in, in a lot of corporations, you'll get into that position where it's like, you're capped at your earnings, and there's no position for you to move up to. But at a good company, when you find yourself in that position and you start looking elsewhere, they're other going to, they're going to, because other companies will want you Yep. because there will be opportunities for growth at other and companies.
0: Don't think this isn't true. No, because but you have is. to
1: do the work to make yourself. Valuable. Absolutely.
0: Quit quit rolling. You know, Mark Twain said it best, you know, never argue with a pig. Because you just, you just both get muddy and the pig loves it, yeah. okay? I'm not here to argue with anybody or to call anybody a pig, okay? But what I'm saying is that you can argue with yourself and what you're doing is you're perpetuating yourself and that pig inside you loves that mud. Yep. Don't be that person. Don't so be so complacent in your life that you don't think that you're... I, I'm in a hole, you know... Talked about this before uh, in the Dumb and Dumber thing. We're in a hole. We just got to dig our way out. That's a Dumb and Dumber statement. Mm-hmm. Find the, the find mm-hmm. the firm wall and start digging divots on the side of the wall and climb your ass out. Mm-hmm. Climb your ass out. If you're gonna dig, dig into the wall. Pull yourself up. Yeah. The way that works is when you show it like. And this is the thing because
1: it's a good thing that you said that about like working at Walmart. I've always. I've had plenty of, plenty of different jobs. Everything from, you know, working the grill and and scrubbing the floors at Wendy's, and to you know, to welding and doing iron work, to you know, mowing lawns and picking up garbage and uh, all sorts of crap. Different jobs, right? Um, when you show up, when you get you're like, oh, I don't want to get a job. I don't want that job. That job sucks. That's your first mistake. Take the first job you're, you're offered. And, 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 and have a good attitude about it and you show up and you crush that motherfucker every day because one most people don't show up and crush the job they hate and let's right. be realistic most people hate working at the call center most people hate working at fucking well Walmart. I'm a little
0: hypocritical in well, all I'm saying right now because I'm kind of pissed at my employer but at the same time on the back of my mind I'm working hard to do the best I can sure but this is what in general I'm saying most people
1: will show up to most entry level positions and give what they consider to be an adequate performance. That's it. I'm just advocating that whatever job you have, no matter how much you think it sucks, you show up and you absolutely fucking crush it every day. Yeah. In short order these things will happen if you do that. If you show up to your job that you think sucks, that you didn't want to take to begin with because you felt like it was so beneath you, but if you show up and from day one, every day you fucking crush it, in short, short order, you'll find that the job doesn't suck as much as you thought it did, you enjoy it more than you thought you would, and then shortly after those two things, which I honestly think are the most important two things for a job, that you enjoy it more than you thought you would. That it's that it's actually enjoyable, that you can pass the time and feel good about it. Because you will be encouraged by the fact that you're doing it so well. I don't care if initially right now you feel like I was beneath me. Well, obviously it's not because if yeah, if it was beneath you, you'd have a better job.
0: Yeah, yeah. well,
1: right? so. Like that's the, that's the most bare bones truth you can get about yeah. it. You think that job's beneath you, if it was beneath you, you'd have a better one.
0: Well, I, you know, I, right now, in what I'm doing right now, um, this, is, this is a struggle for me because saying these things doesn't sound like it but it is because I'm realizing in this what's going on right now for me is I'm not I don't have the best attitude about what's happened for me in my job it's not really I don't want to make it relevant but I there's been a major change in my job that I'm doing that feels like I've been demoted Mm. I'm not Mm -hmm. really been demoted I have a job demoted being demoted it's the same pay as
1: it was before too right right? yeah, yeah yeah
0: so but I'm not been promoted to customer, if you will. Sure. Okay. Yes. So. Exactly. And it, this change is hard because I'm unsure of what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Today, the last hour of the day, um, I sat with a young lady and watched her do her job and what I'm going to be doing in the future. And she actually helped me remember that this is this is just the same thing. It's just a different. It's just a little different. Mm-hmm. And and while I probably still do aspire to do more, I know that I can do this job and I can crush it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In fact, I want to do better at this job and I want to show people up now because there may be people who don't think that I'm going to last. Mm-hmm. That may think that one day I might come in and pack my shit and walk the fuck out.
1: Well, what do you think? Because I know that you probably think that about you sometimes.
0: Sometimes there are moments in the last five days of work where I think I'm going to come in on Saturday pack my desk work another week or two and then do the fuck off do the fuck off thing I always dreamed of fuck you, fuck you, fuck you on the way out you know, I don't need this fucking job, I don't want to fucking do this, fuck you and you know, that was the dream at DirecTV. I got fired at DirecTV because of Politics, and you know, you can say what it was. In fact, when I started this job I have now, and I told them that I worked at Direct, that I had worked at Directv. The guy walked me through exactly what he knew happened to me, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what happened." So, yeah. oh, you made too much money an hour. Directv was worried about the bottom line, and they made cuts, yeah. and they cut people who had high seniority and high pay. Yeah, exactly. He goes, yeah. "Welcome aboard." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I got this job. Because he understood that. The recruiter did. So anyway. But, I, I, but I've, I've actually, I try and go in every morning with the commitment that, in fact, I was writing my journal this morning, how much, how angry I was about this. But then at the same time I wrote, I don't want to be this angry. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to look at other people and say, hey, I'm better than you because I've done this longer. I want to just look at you and say, man, I hope you do your job well because I want to do the same. I want to just do my job well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then through the day, you know, you just have to fight that anger of, you know, bah! you know, and that's that's the uphill battle. Yeah. But ultimately, what really the truth is, is that I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to have a YouTube channel. But I'm going to have a job to pay the bills until I can have people value me as a podcaster and a YouTuber. Yeah. So I can pay my bills. Absolutely, and I hope that I can reach my goal of reaching people to say god damn it, kindness is free fucking do it <laughs> be nice you know, <laughs> and say it in a way that says hey, in the snarky way that make you laugh and do that little you know, guy in the corner at the barbershop from coming to America wherever he goes aha <laughs> 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 so, anyway, that's just, that's what I, I, that's my hope. I really hope that, you know, that I, that you and I can build something here and, and maybe it branches off into something else for me and we maintain this and have fun and, you know, it's gonna make people laugh.
1: Whatever you need it to do, if you're willing to do all the work and all the facets of it, that's what it'll do. Yeah. But... Understanding that you haven't done that yet well, is I, what makes it frustrating. I'm right? trying like, to find course, the balance. Of course, that's what you want, right? I want that for you.
0: Well, I appreciate right? that. Right? But I don't want Do my wife. You haven't done that work yet. I haven't. You haven't I, done I, that work yet. Right, you haven't so done it yet. I'm looking for that balance because I'm more worried about with a newborn baby, and my wife. I love. I, I don't I tell you what. I don't think I'd ever after Mary died. I, and, and I know she listens to this and I'm not saying this just because I know she listens to this I tell, I try and tell her this this way every day I didn't think I'd ever love anybody as much as I loved Mary and I love Autumn more than I loved Mary and I love Mary a fucking lot um, and I'm embarrassed to say I don't visit Mary her little niche where her ashes are as much as I should maybe like once or twice a year but I don't carry Mary. Mary isn't a niche with her ashes. Uh-huh. Mary's with me every day. Uh-huh. Autumn is with me physically every day, and she's giving me a daughter. So, um, just trying to find that balance so that she doesn't mm-hmm. feel like she's alone and doing anything on the road. And that I can still create these things for us as well. I uh-huh. you know, still work 40 hours a fucking week. Yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> So that's, but that's what I want, you know. That's it's the called the laws of attraction. <laughs> you put it out there, you put it in your mind, and your mind actually looks for those opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's, it's new agey is what, you know, it's turned into a new age thing, but it really is just well, fucking the universe. of course
1: it's kind of new agey, but like...
0: Because it's a different thought process. Well... Different paradigm. Because we
1: have a really terrible understanding of how the brain works. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, well, yeah,
0: everything has to be have a different connotation, so... Well, guys. That was a rabbit hole, sorry.
1: That was a rabbit hole. That's it okay.
0: A, it was a fun rabbit hole. It was a good one. Yeah. i ahead go in there and have some babies.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. That was weird. You heard it here first. Go out there and make some babies. This yeah, is, exactly.
0: This is Jordan. This is Bob.
1: And this has been Shop Talks.
0: And we thank you. Hope you're watching or hope you're listening. Hope you like and share and uh, tell your friends about it. Yeah, you can right find home. us
1: on where at Bubba Spotify. We're
0: Spotify. It's based in Anchor. It goes to Spotify. It goes from Apple. You can go to find us on the Apple Podcast section, Google Podcast Player, all the jams, all the jams. There you go. Shop talks, bitches.
1: Peace. <laughs>